Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourselves, show yourself to the priests and, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But of the subjects of the kingdom, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find that they have a seat in the feast at the, in the kingdom of heaven. When I was young, I was always told, do not touch. How many of you were told, do not touch? Do not touch the lamp. Do not touch the stove. Do not touch your sister. <laughs> now, some things I couldn't touch because, because I would break them. But, but others, because they would break me. But there was, there was this one rule that I would never obey. My parents always said, do not touch a toad or you're going to get warts. <laughs> Now, being young and, and naive, I, I believed my parents about the warts, but, but when I was around a pond and I saw all my friends playing with them and having so much fun, I decided that warts were worth the risk. <laughs> but, but having warts as a kid is, is sort of taboo, is it not? I mean, the boys will make fun of you and the girls, well, they'll, they'll think you're gross and not want to be anywhere near you. Warts can, can cause a child to become an outcast. In our reading for today, we, we see some true outcasts. We've come to another transition in, in Matthew's Gospel. We have just finished the Sermon on the Mount and, and are now entering the, a section of Scripture that, that highlights the healing ministry of Jesus. It was in the Sermon on the Mount where, that, that, that Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom, demonstrating his divine authority through what he said. And now in chapters 8 and 9, we see the same divine authority over sickness and disease and the demonic through the healing ministry of our Lord. 
Here's what you have to understand about the way that Matthew writes. He is less concerned about following closely to a chronological timeline and more concerned about communicating themes and ideas. And so often what you will find are, are stories that are paired together, working in harmony, communicating a certain motif. And this is exactly what we see in our two tales for today. We have a, we have a man with leprosy, and we have another man, a Roman centurion, who demonstrates great faith. Both of these stories, they, they, they work together in order to highlight particular aspects of King Jesus. So let's look at our text again and see what we can learn. Look at Matthew 8, verse 2. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The first thing we must notice is that this man was suffering from leprosy. What we think of leprosy today is, is what is known as Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease is a skin condition that if left untreated causes crippling in the hands and the feet and perhaps even paralysis and blindness and eventually death. But back then, leprosy was a term that was used for a variety of skin conditions, many of which weren't necessarily deadly, but they would cause a person to become ceremonially unclean. We, we, we read about this in the book of Leviticus, chapter 13. Look, look at verses, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When anyone has a swelling or a rash or a bright spot on his skin that may become an infectious disease, he must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on his skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appear, appears to be more than skin deep, it is an infectious skin disease. When the priest examines him, he shall pronounce him ceremonially unclean. Chapter 13 goes on to describe many more conditions of the skin that would make a person unclean. Bottom line is this. This man who had leprosy that, that, that had come to Jesus, he had been excluded from his community. You see, none could, could go near him. For if anyone touched this man, they too would be ceremonially unclean for seven days, having to go through washing rituals in order to be cleansed and restored. So this, this man, he lived outside of the city as an outcast. He was an untouchable. And yet here we see him kneeling before Jesus asking this, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, there are two things to notice here. First, this man doesn't doubt Jesus' ability to heal him. What he was unsure of was whether or not Jesus would be willing to do so. For so long, this man had been passed by and overlooked. He was a, he was a pariah. That, that toad that you shouldn't touch. Would Jesus, this, this holy man of God, want to have anything to do with someone like him? The second thing to notice is what this man was asking. 
He wasn't asking to be healed, but he was asking to be cleansed. You see, he could deal with the, with the soreness, with the flaky skin, with the itchiness, whatever it was that he was dealing with his skin disease. He had been doing it for years. But his, his true desire, what he really wanted was to be accepted once again. He wanted that human connection to touch and to be touched, to belong once more. What he was basically asking of Jesus was this, Lord, you have the authority to bring me back into the community. Are you willing to do so? Let's see how Jesus responded. Look at verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. How many years have gone by since this man had last been touched by another, another human? He was untouchable. But Jesus reached out his hand and placed it upon him. What an amazing act of restoration. And it is through such an act that we see the authority of our Lord. I mean, technically, this, this touch should have made Jesus unclean, right? By placing his hand upon, upon the leper, he should have been defiled. But the touch of Christ, when Christ touches someone else, nothing remains tainted. Jesus makes the unclean clean and not the other way around. And this is what he does for each of you as well. Each of you have put your trust in him. For you, too, have been defiled, defiled by your sins. You were untouchable. And yet Christ came to you and reached out his hand, and he made you clean. He took away your, your leprous disease as he went to the cross and died for your sins. He took away all the filth and replaced it with his righteousness. But he does more than just that. Look at verse 4. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This is what Ted read about in, in Leviticus 14, our first scripture reading. It was the official way that, it, that a leper could be brought back into the community. The priest would, would inspect the man, making certain that the leprosy was gone. The man would then give an offering of thanksgiving to God and being sprinkled by the blood. Only then would he be welcomed back inside the city walls. By telling this man to go to the priest, what Jesus was saying was this. Be clean and be welcomed home. He does this for you as well. He not only cleanses you from your sins, but then he brings you into his community, into his kingdom. You are no longer that outcast, but you are a child of God. Which leads us to our second story. Look at verses 5 and 6. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a, a centurion came to him asking for help. 
Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. We have seen Capernaum before, have we not? It was a, the, the very city where Jesus began his ministry. This important village located on the Sea of Galilee was a, was a stopping point for, for caravans tra traveling to and from Damascus. And because there was so much traffic, the Romans felt the need to establish a military garrison at, at that city. This is why we see the centurion coming to Jesus. A centurion was, was a commander, a Roman commander of a hundred men. He was a trusted soldier, one who could both follow orders and command men. A man like this demonstrated the strength of Rome. He established discipline and maintained order. But this man was in need, for he had a servant that was paralyzed and, and in dire straits. So he came to Jesus believing that he could heal this man. Of course, Jesus was happy to oblige. I mean, just, just look at verse 7. See what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. What's the big deal? Jesus is ready. He's willing to help out, right? But this centurion had other ideas. Look at verse 8. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes, and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, why would this centurion feel like he did not deserve to have Jesus come under his roof? This was another taboo for those who followed strict Jewish customs. Here's the issue. To, to, to enter another's home in the first century, whether, whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, was to be welcomed with the hospi hospitality that was customary for that day. This meant the washing of feet, a place of honor at the table, along with food to eat. The danger for a Jew coming under the roof of a Gentile was whether or not this food would be kosher and whether or not the food would have been sacrificed to idols. This is why in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, we see Peter say these words to the, the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any impure or unclean. Now at that time, God was bringing the good news to the Gentile world. And in order to do that, he had to demonstrate to Peter that these customary laws that he was still following were man-made and not from God. Of course, Jesus already knew this. This is why he did not hesitate and was, was willing to go to the centurion's house. And yet this centurion did not want to cause any grief that might come to our Lord. He thought of himself as undeserving of his Lord's company. And so he just simply asked for Jesus to speak a word of command. Let's look how Jesus responded. Verse 10. 
When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus was astonished. You don't see that very often, do you? He had not seen faith as great as this. This centurion, this, this Roman soldier, had a, had a better understanding of the authority of Christ than, than all these Jewish disciples who were following Jesus around. You see, this, this man was given charge of a hundred men by the decree of Caesar himself. So when he told one to go and another to come, he knew full well that these men would obey him. Because if they didn't, it wasn't him that they were disobeying, but Caesar. Similarly, this man recognized that Jesus was a man who spoke with the authority of God. And so all Jesus would have to do was to say the word, even from a distance, and his servant would be healed. It was the centurion, this man who thought of himself as undeserving, this Gentile, this, this outsider, this outcast, who was one of the first to recognize who Jesus was. This is becoming a common theme for Matthew. If you recall, it was, it was the Gentiles, those magi from the east, that came and worshipped the newborn king when they saw his star rise into the sky. Meanwhile, the, the Jewish religious leaders, those who should have recognized this sign, stayed home silent. This is why Jesus says this in verse 11. I, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A man's earthly heritage does not determine whether they will enter the kingdom or not. Rather, it is a person's faith. There were many Jews who, who, who thought they were in just because of their heritage. Jesus was telling them that, that those who lacked faith would be cast out. The same could be said of the church today. Dear friends, do you recognize who Jesus is? Do you understand the authority that he has? It doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian home. It means little if you have a, a, attended church your whole life. If you don't believe in the authority of Jesus, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you will not have a seat at the table. Christ is looking for genuine faith. And it was this centurion who demonstrated greater faith than any in Israel. And so we see Jesus answering his call for help, giving the command. Look at verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Even from a distance, Jesus has the power to heal. To the leper, to that man who was untouchable, Jesus came close, placing his hand upon him. 
But to the centurion, the man who was undeserving, the power of Christ came into his home at the mere utterance of a word. Jesus is both imminent and transcendent. He is close to you, and yet in his greatness, he is beyond your reach. Still, he comes to those who trust in him, bringing them healing. Perhaps you are here today feeling like that leper, that, that you are untouchable. Your sins are just too much. And if, and if anyone knew what you have done, you are certain that they wouldn't want to come near you. But Jesus, he knows all your secrets. And he still draws close to you, reaching out his arm, desiring to touch you and to make you clean. Trust in this Christ and be clean. But maybe you feel like that centurion, lowly and undeserving. You don't think that, that, that you merit a visit from your Lord, that you're not worthy of his touch. Your sins are, are, are too great for Jesus to come under your roof. And so for you, God is distant. Yet even at a distance, Jesus has the authority to, to remove all your transgressions. Those sins that have paralyzed you for so long. And he can do so by simply speaking a command. <clears throat> this leper believed he was untouchable. This centurion thought that he was undeserving. Both were outcasts. And yet Jesus came to each of them meeting their need. The first was cleansed and brought back into the community. The second, even though he was a Gentile, was given a seat at the table in the kingdom of God. And now, Jesus welcomes you as well. Repent and trust in him. Trust in his cleansing power. Trust in his authority that breaks down barriers. If you do this, you will discover that you too will have a seat at his table. You too will find a home in his kingdom. Let us pray. Father, we are in awe of your son. He comes to us who are unclean and cleanses us with a simple touch. He speaks to us who are undeserving with a word of authority, granting us, granting us a seat at his table. Fill us now with your, your Holy Spirit. Help us to repent and to trust in this Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.